Good morning, everyone. Um, truly, I am blessed. I'm blessed by you all and every single one of you. I am blessed by my family. I'm blessed by my children. I'm blessed by every face that I see in front of me. I get emotional when I come up here and see all your faces. I'm blessed. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the blessed life. The blessed life. I'm not talking about a good life. I'm talking about a blessed life. A life that's blessed. And there's a difference between a good life or a life that's blessed. Blessed means it's heaven's favour. God's favour. A good life is life's favour. But we're blessed. And I want to talk to you about this blessed life. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer and come before the Lord. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I don't believe you made the choice to come this morning. I believe that the Father in heaven has drawn you here to listen to this. Whoever you are, wherever you've come from, welcome. More importantly, open your heart to him. Open your heart to him and ask of him, God, if you're there and if you're real, make yourself known to me. Make yourself known to me because I come to you in faith. I come to you in need. And if you believe this prayer, God will make himself known to you. doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Father in heaven, we come before you to commit this hour into your hand. We pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to move and speak to our lives, opening our eyes and our ears to your truth. That, Lord God, that you would penetrate the darkest, the hardest, the furthest heart, and that you would manifest yourself to them in such a wonderful, personal way that they would truly know that you are God and you are alive and you are calling people to you. I ask you to cast the enemy out of this room, this place, any distraction, any obstacle, any hindrance to the understanding of your truth, I pray, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would remove it so that it's just you and I, just you and me, and I'm here, Lord, to listen. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. What is this blessed life? How blessed are you is what I want to talk about. How blessed are you? But more importantly, are you missing out? Are you missing out on this blessing? John chapter 4, verse 10. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I'll repeat it. In him was life, and this life was the light of men. It's like a, a light at the end of a tunnel. And that light, when you're stuck in a tunnel, is the very thing that you're going to kind of walk towards or find yourself moving towards because that's your escape. In him was life, and this life was the light of men. The way Jesus was, the way Jesus lived, the way what Jesus taught was our means of escape. Now, he's not a tunnel. He's not a, a, a dormant object. He's a very active participant in the lives of people. His life is our way out. His life. Because he is the light of the world. When a plant 
sees light, it crawls its way and grows its way towards it. My dog, Pilly, in the morning when he gets out of his little bed, he walks around and he goes to the back and he looks for where the light is. And he sits himself in the room where the light ray is just coming through the window and he, he just sits there because he, he gains something from it. He experiences a warmth, he experiences a comfort, I don't know, but Jesus' life was the light for the world. And I wonder whether you're missing out on it. Because we all try somehow to have a good life. You know, we all try to survive somehow to, you know, you know and I mean, you can have a good life if you want, but there's a, a life that has the favor of God upon you. There's, a, there's a, a life that the riches of heaven are poured out on you. This is what we call blessed. It's different than saying God bless you as opposed to saying good on you. You know, good on you means like, you know, goodness on you. Well, you know, or may God's favor, may all of heaven's blessings be upon you. This is the blessed life. And I want to look at this a little bit. And I wonder whether you guys are missing out on this life because you're trying to pursue something that's not of heaven. You know, there was a time when Jesus was talking preaching a message, and the message was so powerful, so insightful, so rich, so wonderful, that someone from the crowd calls out and says this, Luke chapter 11, verse 27, and he said these things, and after this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. Because she was overwhelmed by how wonderful Jesus spoke. And everything that, he, that dripped from his mouth was just so glorious that she was so excited. It's like when you listen to someone or a message that you hear and you're so enthralled, you're so like grateful that you had heard this. And you can't, you just want to go up to the person and hug them and love them. And, you know, you just want to you say, thank you. Well, this is what this experience was for this woman when she was listening to Jesus. And she said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, the womb that, that, that you, you, were, you were born in. How blessed is that person that gave you birth? And the breast that gave you suck, that you were drinking from her breast. How beautiful is that woman that gave you birth and nurtured you? Because you are so wonderful, you are so beautiful, and it's such a blessing for that person. She's, she's overwhelmed. She cried out from the crowd. And Jesus says this to her. But, he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word and keep it. Who hear the word and keep it. Not just who hear the word, but keep it. See, there's a blessing to those who hear the word and keep it. And I wonder whether you're missing out on it. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He said, blessed are the ones who hear what I say, who look at my life, and my life is the light for their escape. And if they were to hear me, and if they were to keep me, they are far more blessed than the very one who gave me birth. Wow, what a blessing. 
What a blessing. And how many of us try to live our lives trying to gain some kind of favor or some kind of goodness or some kind of security or some kind of comfort in any other means than the one who keeps his word. Because there's the blessing. There's the blessing. Let me read for you this verse. Because most of us try to do it our way. There's a blessing that very few of us in this world attain. Very, very few of us in this world. The Bible says only the few. It's straight and it's narrow and only a few find it. There's a blessing to those who hear God's word and not just hear it, not just come to church, but they actually pioneer and push and pursue to keep it. Because if you keep it, there is a blessing. It's like saying to someone, um, oh, how blessed we are to have seen Mount Everest. How glorious and wonderful, how blessed we are to be here at the foot of the camp. While the other ones are coming down saying, how blessed we are to have climbed it. How blessed we are to have climbed it, to actually have done it. Not just to look at it, not just to admire it, but to actually have kept the word of God. How blessed we are, because when you keep God's word, there's an escape. There's light. The life of Jesus is light for the world. But we try to do it our way. We want to live a good life. We want to be happy. We want to kind of be content. But we want to do it our way. But you know what the Bible says about that? In Psalms chapter 127, verse 1, Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord, he's the one that's watching over the city. The watchman actually is watching in vain. Unless God is invested and embedded in this, all your work and everything that you do is vanity. It is useless and it will produce nothing. It will just crumble. So you could be a watchman and you could be looking out to see if the enemy is coming. And you can be on your guard and you can have your weapons and you can be ready to fight when it comes. But unless you've got this huge, big power looking over you and the hands of God and the angels of God surrounding you, all your watchfulness is in vain. And you can build your empire and you can make your money and you can try and help your children and you can try and uh, live a good family life and you can try and be a good dad or a good mom and a good husband and a good wife. But unless... God is behind you backing this and building this, then all your efforts and all your wrestling is in vain. That's what it's saying. And say, so, yeah, we somehow, somehow we think, you know, it's okay, I got this. You know, if I finish my studies and if I get the right job and, and if I be the nice person, if I be the good person I need to be, because most people think goodness is going to save them, but every good intent leads the path to hell. It is destructive. Because unless God's on your side, you labor in vain. All your efforts. But listen to what it says. It says, It is vain. It is pointless for you to rise up early and to sit up late. To eat bread of sorrows, of sadness all the time. Because it is He who gives His beloved sleep. See, only rest comes from God. 
And it's pointless for you to stay up, work late, work hard and do this and do that when God is the one who gives rest. This is the blessed life. This is a blessing to have the favour of God upon you. Why? Because you listen to him and you keep his word. Simply by, look, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I'm telling you the truth. What they do is they take the Bible. They reinterpret it in simple forms. And then they give the world these amazing truths. Like brilliant insight. Such great wisdom. And it's all from the Bible. And everyone parades it. They think this is great, Jordan Peterson. It's amazing what you're saying. But all his insight and all his wisdom is right here. But all you've got to do is take Jesus out of it and the world will embrace it. Put Jesus back in and the world hates it. That's why people listen to Jordan Peterson. Once, if Jordan Peterson becomes a Christian, he'll lose everything. And Jesus says, unless you lose everything, you won't find it. So the principles of God, the truths of God are very real and rich and they're life-saving. That light was in the life of Jesus. Follow the steps of Jesus, you'll find yourself blessed. Because all the laws of God are not there to restrain you or to, to quench you. They're there to free you, to give you hope, to give you life. They're good. They're good. This is the blessed life. If you, if you follow, not hear about it, but do it. Practice it. Like, simple. Don't lie. If I don't lie, all will go well. Don't hate if I don't hate all, see, that was the life of Jesus. His life was the light of the world. And so we labor in vain. You know, we want a good life. We want to try to do the best we can. But unless the Lord is for us, everything else is in vain. You know, there's a prophet by the name of Haggai. Haggai, probably around the age of 70. Around the age of 70, he was sent to speak to the nation of Israel because they've just been uh, del uh, delivered from their exile. And he wanted them to understand that it's now time to rise. You've been released, now rise. And this is what he says to them. He says, you have sown much, but you bring in so little. So much effort, so much energy. But it doesn't bring forth anything. He's, speak, he's speaking to the heart and the nature of people. And he says, he says, you eat, but you have not enough. It's never enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You're always thirsty. Nothing's quenching you. You clothe you, but there is no warmth. You wear $400 runners, but they don't really look after your feet. You know? You've got the, an amazing suit, but it keeps you cold. But I, don't, I won't wear anything that keeps me warm because I lose the way I look. And this is the way we cycle. Where we're drawn by this fake illusion of nothingness, but we somehow keep drinking from it. All the brands out there are lying to you, but you think it's going to do it, but they don't. That's what it's saying. It says, and you earn wages, 
And he, so, and he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, he says, consider your ways. Consider your ways. That's why Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Listen to this. He says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, will be a wise man, will be very, very wise. (laughs) While the world is telling you it's foolish to follow Jesus, then follow them and see where foolishness takes you. Like you don't need to know much that those who claim that Jesus isn't real, Jesus isn't God, or Christianity is fake, well then look at their life and decide, is that what you want? Then look at those who claim Christ and who live Christ and then ask, is that what you want? You decide, because it's evident. The darker the world gets, the colder the world gets, the glorious, all the more glory God is. And I I thank God for the later days. Because we're going to see in the later days, true Christianity, real Christianity. Because those who are His are going to remain blessed, because He promises them this. And those who were never his or, or played Christianity or went to church, that we will see how weak their faith was and will be. Jesus says that he who follows my words and does them is wise. And he says this, he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, Everyone who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on the house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell. And you know how great that fall was? It was damage. You can't fix it. You can't restore it. Because it's not on the rock and you try to build it and put it up again, but it's still on the shifting sand. And nothing can save it. But the wise one knows when the trouble comes, they're established in Jesus. The wise one knows that nothing can come against them, that God, their almighty God, can't grant the grace and the strength to deal with. That's what the floods are. That's what the storm is. That's what the winds are. All the troubles and issues and chaos in your life. You can testify in your own life. Look at those troubles. Look at those trials. Look at them. Are you grounded in Jesus? Are they shifting you off course? If they're shifting you off course, it means that you're on the sand. But if they're not shifting you off course, it means you're blessed. Because you're heeding the words of Jesus. Practice the words of God, live the life of Jesus, and see what happens to your trials and your hardships. See where you stand. Because the one who stands on God's word 
Nothing shakes them. Blessed is he that is not moved. This is the blessing. That's why we preach the gospel. This is the good news. That's what we tell people. We tell people this because it's not because we're trying to oppress them. Christianity is oppressive. Christianity is it's far from... Religion is oppressive. And you know the biggest religion in the world today? You know what that is? What's the biggest religion in the world today? Conformity to the world. The rituals and ideology of the world. That's your biggest religion. No matter how many people say, I don't follow it. Yes, you do. You follow a religion. You bow down to the system. Whatever the system dictates, whatever the system... You bow down to brands. You're you're a sucker for, for advertising campaigns and the music you listen to and the movies you watch. You bow down to them. Oh, no, I don't. Yes, you do. I tell, my, I tell my students, you know when you go shopping, you go to the shop and you buy yourself a, a, a shirt. And then, you know, you take it home and you put the shirt on and you go, huh? And you never wear it. It looks so good in the shop. You put, it looks beautiful in the shop. But when you go home, you think, why did I buy that? Because when you were in the shop, all the colours and the music, they, it just happened to be playing your favourite song. Well, you're, looking, you're dangling at that price. Should I buy that $1,000 singlet? And then, and then your favorite song came on. It comes on. And all of a sudden, that singlet looks amazing. Like, you take it home and you worry, I can't believe I spent 1000 bucks on a singlet. Because you were influenced by the prince of the air. You, know? you were influenced by the, by the flavor, the, 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 the aroma of the world. And that's what we do. But the one who listens to the voice of God and holds to his truth, they're not influenced. They're not, they're not swayed. Your decisions in your life, if you're not established in the word of God, are swayed by your emotions. Do you know that? No matter how much you think they're not. If you're not grounded in any other thing outside of yourself, but Christ and Christ alone, not me, but Jesus, and my ground is in the rock, it doesn't matter what comes your way. Sadness, emotions do not dictate your actions. Because it's your actions that are causing you problems. But my grounding is in the rock, Jesus Christ. I don't go to the left and I don't go to the right. I go to Jesus. And I stand. Having done all, I stand because I keep his word. And this is what Jesus was saying. That's the wise man. The one who's keeping my word keeps my word, and this word works in him. So when trouble comes, mate, they know how to wrestle out that, that wind. They know how to guard themselves against the rain. But those who don't keep God's word, they're like people who they are just shifting with the emotions. When trouble comes, they collapse. And when they collapse, it's devastating. Now Jesus, when he was preaching, his words were amazing. He was the, the, they were the light for the world. So much so that there was another account when they're laying down and they're reclining after a meal and Jesus is talking. And this account, and when one of those, in Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. He was so excited. He was eating, 
listening to Jesus, and he was so enthralled by what Jesus had to say. He goes, man, blessed are they who are going to be eating in the kingdom with you. What do you think Jesus said to him? Did he say, yeah, 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 they are blessed, yeah. What did he say? He says, let me tell you something. Let me read this, what he says. He says, but he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and he invited many people. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, come, for everything is now ready. But they, all alike, another version, sent, another version of the Bible says, they all consented, they all agreed on this thing. And all alike began to make excuses. They all made excuses. There's a, a poet by the name of Hebel. He's a writer and a poet. He says, whoever wants to be the judge of human nature, go on and study people's excuses. You want to know, you want to know how people are? Listen to their excuses. So Jesus is telling them there's a story about a banquet that there's a, a man who went out and sent his servant out and says, Go invite them all, come. Look, everything's been ready. It's a free meal. And everyone started making an excuse. But behind those excuses is human nature. There's a reason. No matter how good it is, there's something that hindered them, and they're all the same. Their excuses are different, but they all consent in the very thing that hindered them. Now, this is pretty fascinating, because if you start looking at their excuses, the first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. They bought a field. They must go out to see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now, I want to I show you something here which is quite remarkable. Are they valid reasons? Yes, they're valid reasons. The guy's getting married, you know. Um, that was, someone's bought a field. And, and are, they, are, they people who, are they people who kind of were, were kind of aggressive and negligent and saying, huh, I'm not going to go to that. Why should I go to that? No. They, they said, please, please have me excused. So they were nice people. And the Bible says that the, the man who invited them was very angry. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go on to the highways and go get the others. Why was he angry? I mean, come, don't people have to live? Don't people have to... You know, I have students. When I teach them, I'll say, guys, can you please make sure you study chapter 1, chapter 2? The, the, the exam is on Friday. I get to Monday, I have a student come and say, so, so sorry, sir. So sorry. I couldn't study. Uh, why? 
Oh, because my mum and dad, we had to go somewhere and visit my grandma. Okay. So sorry, sir. Cool. What do I do with that? That's okay, man. No worries. No problem. All good. Fantastic. They sit the exam. They flop. What did their sorry mean? Look, I, 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 accept the, I accept your apology. It's not a problem to me. But had you studied, you see, had you actually taken the commitment, regardless of your excuse, you would have passed the exam. Do you understand? And so this story here is showing you that there is no priority far greater than coming. It doesn't matter what it is, whether you're getting married, whether you bought a field, whether you've got a house, whether your kids are, are, are sick, whatever it is, there is no thing more greater than coming. And so therefore, because people don't see that priority in their lives, the master says, okay, okay, well, since these people don't understand the significance of this, no matter what excuse they're using, because, okay, they're nice people, but, but the reality is the exam's here. This is the exam. This is where the party is. I need you to go out to all these people. Listen to this. Go out to all these people. So the servant came and reported to the master, and the master became angry, and he said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and to the lanes of the city and bring in, listen, bring in the poor. Bring in the crippled. Bring in the blind, bring in the lame, bring all the broken people who don't have anything in their life. How good's that? <laughs> who have nothing, no commitment, no relationships, absolutely nothing because everything's been taken from them and they are paralyzed. Bring them. How good's that? What's wonderful news? That's a blessing. That he didn't care for those who were busy and occupied. He cared for those who are in need. You give someone who has had no food. And you say, here, come and eat. They're not going to say, oh, I don't know. I'm watching a TV show. Someone who hasn't eaten is going to go, where, where? Go bring these people. Bring Another version calls them the maimed and halt, you know, in old English. The maimed and halt means completely dysfunctional. If you saw the way they walked, their arms and their limbs aren't working together because there's no direction for them. The blind is the person who can't see his way. The one who is lame can't find their way. These are the ones I want you now to go and get. And these were the ones who were blessed because they heard and they did. And he's saying to them, these are the ones that are blessed. These are the ones who are going to be sitting with me in the kingdom eating of the banquet. The ones who decide to follow Christ because they have invested their whole faith in him and no excuse and nothing hinders, no, even at the cost of their own life because Jesus says if you lose your life, you will find it. And so they realize that in the end, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about my desires. It's not about my hopes. It's not about my ideas. It's not about what my likes or my dislikes. It's all about Jesus and doing what Jesus wants. These ones are blessed. And blessed indeed, because when you live like that, no trouble, no hardship, 
no challenge. You can't overcome, you can't ride. Though you are alone and you travel alone and you live alone, God is with you. And he sends all his angels to surround you. He is the comforter. He is the counsellor. That's the blessed life. And this is what he ends up saying. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done. We've gone out. We've got the crippled, the blind, the lame. They're all here. They came. They came. And still there is room. Brothers and sisters, if you are not a Christian, or if you are not the Christian that listens and does, there is still room in God's kingdom. Because when that door is shut, it means every seat has been filled. All the mansions have been completed. But till this day, he hasn't come back yet. There's still room. That means that every single one of you in this house today, if you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God is still yet upon you. There's still time. So you come. And so this is what he says. And the master said to the servant, Go, go to the highways and hedges and compel to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were initially invited shall taste of my banquet. Every place will be filled and you will lose your seat if you don't come. I was thinking about my message and this is the first thing that came to my mind. Honestly, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Tell people that those of you who came and you found no seat today to go home. Tell them to go home and try again tomorrow. Try, try again next Sunday. So that they understand that when Christ calls you to come, it's not casual. And imagine if you did come and we had the door shut and you couldn't get in because there was no seat left. And you actually were told to go home and try again next Sunday. What would you do with that? You'd get up early. You'd be here 10 minutes early before church. But because we're casual people, it doesn't really matter. But what if in the kingdom of God, the door was shut? And this is it. This is it. The world is done and it's finished. And, and you get to the kingdom of heaven and he says, I never knew you. Your name is not on any door here. You're not on the guest list. You're not on the roll call. Like, I don't know who you are. What then? So all your casualness and all your excuses and all the times that God is calling you, calling you and calling you has already been filled. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to kind of go, like scare you, but Jesus himself said that there'll come a time when it's going to be filled. So well, today's call today, come. What excuse will you use? Do you want to be blessed? I'm not asking you to, do you want to have a good life? I'm saying, do you want to be blessed? 
you want God's favour upon you, God's mercy, God's grace, God's goodness upon you, then come, leave everything, don't make excuses, and trust Him. He'll be your rock, and He'll teach you how to stand. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If you want to know the blessed life of Jesus Christ, He is the, the light of the world. You ask Him to come and rule in your life today, to take hold of your life and make it what it needs to be. And disregard everything. Everything other than this call to come. Come to Jesus and lay your life at his feet. I'm going to give this moment to pray in your hearts before God. To ask him to cleanse you, to forgive you, to draw you, and more importantly, to hold you as you make a decision to commit all things into his hands. And as of this day forward, you want to follow after him hard. If there's anyone in this room who is unsettled in their, in their faith or in their heart regarding where they are, where they stand before God, you can come before him now and give your life to him. Father, forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Purify me and set me on the path of righteousness to you and you alone. I surrender all into your hands and I trust you with my life. And if you do that and you believe that in faith, your journey of blessing begins. I pray that um, what you heard this morning you will take with you throughout the week, throughout the months, and you would remember what the Lord spoke to you this morning and that you would continue to walk faithfully. May the grace of God be upon you. May his strength be your strength. May he lead you into safety and protection from all sin and all unrighteousness. May his power be upon every single one of you. I pray this for you all. May the grace of God be upon you. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Father, for this time of food as we eat of your word and that we live our life to your glory. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.